Siempre que te pregunto que cuando, como y dónde, tú siempre me respondes, quizás, quizás, quizás. Y así pasan los días y yo desesperado y tú, tú contestando. Quizás, quizás, quizás. Estás perdiendo el tiempo pensando, pensando. Por lo que más tú quieras, hasta cuándo, hasta cuándo. Y así pasan los días y yo desesperado. Tú, tú contestando Quizás, quizás, quizás And we are back uh, at another episode of uh, Anime Was Not a Mistake. As always, I am one co-host, a lone shrine guardian uh, protecting New Jersey from a giant pizza rat, Dan Ryan, mm. uh, joined by my birthday boy co-host. <laughs> oh, let's not talk about that. I... <laughs> Listen, watching Stranger Things, I journeyed to the Upside Down yesterday and came right back up. Oh, it was an adventure, but thank you, Dan. Next mm-hmm. year's the big one. I mean, this year for you. Yes. In just a, a few months' time, you'll officially be, you know, knocking on death's door. Yes. The age of 30. It comes for us all. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not ready for it, but I'm glad we're along together for the ride. Of course. Yep, yep. But thank you. Yes, anime. <laughs> what did we discuss on this podcast? Where am I? Yeah, well, uh, anime life or video game news yes, before we yes. get uh, continue anime masterpiece, mm-hmm. which HBO or Amazon Prime also uses anime ster month. Do they? So, yeah, oh. it's <laughs> well, I hope we don't get no, sued No, we did by it them. first, but um, <laughs> yeah. So, come up with yeah. all the big ideas. I have a very light news week. Mm-hmm. As is traditional, um, aside from your excellent birthday present being a, uh, anime-related. Yes. Got me a Beelzebubamon. <laughs> yeah. Our favorite Jersey I, accent, I uh, biker boy. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna try a model kit. It's been good in the past. That's a good way to relax for me. Mm-hmm. The only thing I worry about is applying the stickers, Dan, but he only has, like, six. It can be nerve-wracking. Yeah. Uh, unironically, if you, if you have, like, an old pair of tweezers, mm-hmm. that's, like, the best way that I've done it with mm-hmm. the Gundam models is, like... If you don't even want to chance it, yeah. it's just like, don't leave it to, to clumsy fingers. Just, yeah. just you know, hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> Count to ten. Um, and aside from that, uh, Stranger Things Season 4 Part 1 has released. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of things to say about this season. I think, as I said, it's a show that you wholeheartedly should watch. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we will dive into a few episodes if we have time later on, just to get you, you know, the bug bitten. Mm-hmm. Go into the past and revisit Season 1. Um, I think so far they've given us seven episodes that range in length from an hour to an hour and a half long. And then they're saving the last two episodes for another month down the line. And that last one is two and a half hours long. Okay. So it is like movie level quality. The budget is here. The effects are great. You could see that they've definitely spent... The estimate is they spent about $35 million per episode mm-hmm. on this show, which is insane. I've never heard of a more expensive TV show. 
It looks great. At times, there are some effects that it's like, oof, maybe we could have, like, given that another take. Mm -hmm. But you could tell that the Duffer Brothers and Netflix are fully behind all the 80s nostalgia. Every season seems to reference a different 80s franchise. This one has a very Nightmare on Elm Street vibe to it. Good. It has Robert Edmund Egmond, the guy who plays Freddy, in a role in this as well. So there's some love for that. And also, topical, it relates heavily to Stephen King's Firestarter, which Mm -hmm. just got a... A horrible reboot, I hear. Yeah, it's one of the worst. No, yeah, I'm, no, I'll wait until it's free, Dan. No, I won't course. be paying for of that. Of course. But I do like the original. I think that's a good Stephen King book, but I can tell that they bastardized this. Uh, some of my minor complaints for this season is they haven't given Winona anything to do. <laughs> okay. My girl Winona, where she was giving like an Emmy Award winning performance in the first season. Mm-hmm. Like her renaissance, she's back. It was her. They barely give her anything. Well, I remember that. Yeah. I was thoroughly invested in the first. I watched the whole first oh, okay. season. I, I, I didn't, I didn't mm. drop it. I just, I just didn't. I don't even. I don't even remember. Didn't I, on the boat. Well, yeah. I mean, there was a long gap in between these things, and the kids are obviously aged up, mm-hmm. and it feels like they are a little bit older. They're doing a bit better with the kids aging, in that like they're high school now. They seem to have like fought uh, to keep them in the realm of the 80s beyond like us being super disbelieving of that mm-hmm. if that makes sense uh they are introducing way more characters i feel like it started off kind of slow this season but they do a weird put 11 in a hyperbolic time chamber situation mm. and we get like half the plot line is like a dream flashback thing for all those hours which is very strange for me but it kind of sort of paid off for the big bad in the end being a dark wizard <laughs> Yeah, you keep yeah. saying yeah, that, they, that our there's favorite one trope. episode that ends with, it's a dark wizard, and I went, well, they see us, Dan. They, they do, yeah. yeah. We seem to will things into existence mm-hmm. like that, so it's good. Yeah, but I would enjoy it. I mean, just check it out. It's a good summer show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun. Lots of D&D references. Equal parts That's cringe. True. There's a part where, like, the Jonathan Eleven character comes out and tries to use her powers, and it's just... <sighs> And nothing happens and everyone starts laughing at her and the internet has just taken it to be like, this is just me in any social situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, but it's a fun time. Of and course. That's all I did this week, being that that just came out Friday and the rest of the week was me recovering from <laughs> a little binge I went on. Of course. Uh, a different type of binge than mm-hmm. Netflix, I, I mm-hmm. would assume. But yes. um my week was was kind of uneventful. It was very busy, um, but I did make the time for some video gaming. A little bit of Elden Ring, a mm. little bit of Triangle Strategy. Mm-hmm. I've I'm advancing that plot to uh, I, like I'm in the the High Zant. Mm-hmm. Like I went, to I traveled there yeah. first, mm-hmm. and like there's a very goober choice presented to yes. me. I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone, mm-hmm. but it's like. Do this horrible yeah, thing. Yeah, do an act against humanity. Or yeah, or not. or not. But the horrible thing could be good business. <laughs> so, like, and it's and Sarah Noah's like, mm, yeah, get the scales. Yeah. So it's it's like I'm gonna try to push that one towards the, the good side. Yeah, because I can't I can't do that in video yeah. games. You but can't commit slavery. I can't <laughs> genocide of an entire race. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, hmm. I, I'm not. I'm not signing my name. To yeah, that, so I thought it, you had more in you, Dan. No, every every choice I've made so far has been the the the, the goober good one, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, uh, that and then I I did get back in the Kingdom Hearts, uh, you know, uh, yes, 
a journey that I want to join you on. Because I've been watching people do let's plays of it, and mm -hmm. I'm like, I could be, I could be doing this myself. And like, like I said, you're gonna have to struggle through one. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna play Chain of Memories. You're mm -hmm. just gonna watch the cutscenes online. I'll save you some time mm -hmm. on that one. Two, you're gonna love Birth by Sleep is gonna be your favorite game in the series, mm -hmm. and the rest after that. <laughs> goes a little yeah. bit downhill, but well, it's fun throughout. I, I'm just there for the ride. I want to see what happens. I got time to catch up. I'm yeah. like, uh, you know, it, I, it was it was good uh, this, you know, with a stressful week, mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people. It was a uh, heavy week. Yes. Um, but uh, it was good good distraction. Mm -hmm. It's a, I'm at the big stupid invisible chameleon part uh, with the sneak snake. The sneak snake. Shadow sneak <laughs> Shadow was sneak, the... Shadow sneak, sorry. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I've been doing that. Yeah. Uh, Don't get used to Tarzan World, you'll never see it again. <laughs> I'm fine with that. It's like a hallway. So. <laughs> but I mean, that's like one of the sticks in the craw for the, the Kingdom Hearts community. People love that world. Really? But based on like the... Uh, Disney doesn't technically own it. It's like still under that writer's... Edgar Rice Burrow. Yeah. I think so. Like domain. So they can't really use it in anything else. It's very awkward. Well, they got the first world you go to. <laughs> yeah. And you got to Wonderland. You got to... They, they flash that Edgar yep. Rice Burroughs yep. estate thing every yep, yep, time yep. The, the thing loads mm -hmm. up. But... I, I'm I'm excited. Like I once I get through Tarzan, I you know you saw Sora friends. E -u -u -a. Yeah, <laughs> Kerchak or Sora go Sora go go or whatever the yep. fuck that. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, if you need a Jiminy Cricket. You surrounded know by a circus of imbeciles <laughs> yes. like that. Him doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm excited. Uh, you know, for Nightmare before Christmas Town, yes, yes. everything else that I've only seen up until this point, but mm -hmm. now I can experience it. Mm -hmm. Um, but in bigger news, mm -hmm. as a Star Wars fan, I've been eating good for the past couple Dog days. Dog food again. <laughs> I yes. heard Taika Waititi is involved. Now but as, I'm slightly more excited. Yes, uh, if anything, his movie will be the next one. That should be next Christmas, apparently. Oh, well, our plans are set, I guess. <laughs> um, but it was Star Wars Celebration, uh, <laughs> which was the big the big fan convention. It was that Life Day, Dan? Life Day would be near Christmas, I assume, oh. but... Um, but this was... Obviously, they have a whole slate of stuff on Disney+. Plus. So they gave us a lot of announcements, um, coinciding with the premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I watched the first two episodes. Phenomenal to me. I, I don't know uh, what meaning it'll have for, uh, you know, people who didn't grow up with the prequels or whatever, but it's just great. It's it's Obi-Wan. It's uh, a lot of other returning characters. The Inquisitors, who you might like, are in there. <laughs> Um, and you should probably study up on it, considering that'll probably be a Kingdom Hearts world, so... <laughs> no, I, I mean, I guess we'll have to trade what we... Our experiences in Lexicon, I'll teach you Kingdom Hearts and you'll show me... Star things. Wars, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they... That premiered, it's excellent so far, very excited to see where it'll go. Uh, they announced an Andor series that takes place before Rogue One, that's coming in August. Shows, like... The origin of the rebellion. We got uh, Mandalorian season three early next year. We got Ahsoka with Rosario Dawson mm -hmm. next year. Um, we got a new animated anthology from Dave Filoni mm -hmm. that focuses on Jedi during the prequel era. You're even better than a Xenoblade fan. Uh, there's another <laughs> one where Mark Webb, who no, not Mark Webb, uh, the, the guy who did the most recent MCU Spider-Man movies is doing, like, a limited series, uh, like, kids show set during mm. the High Republic. Mm. Um, 
which is which is apparently I would assume going to go for like a Stranger Things vibe where it's like a group of kids lost in space. Jude Law is involved. Yeah, interesting. From yeah. one dead franchise to another dying franchise. Yes, uh, but not yet. Um, <laughs> There's still some life in the old Great Mayor. It's called Skeleton Crew. Well, apropos name. <laughs> and we also got the trailer for Star Wars Jedi Survivor, a sequel to Fallen Order, which uh, I enjoyed. I think Grant enjoyed that one. Quality um, game. Um, so that's coming. And then for the Switch, they announced a port of Knights of the Old Republic 2. Mm. I've been playing through the port they put on the Switch because I've played that game through it dozens of times. I love it. Sincerely, one of my favorite games. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2, this release seems to be a big deal because they're restoring cut content. Mm. The whole thing was that back at that point, like, it got... I don't remember if they if it got shopped out from Bioware or, like, a Bioware B team had to do it, but mm. it, was, it was rushed. Um, and although it was ambitious with its story, it, it was always kind of held back by the fact that it wasn't a complete game. But apparently, somehow, for this Switch release, they're going to be restoring that content that was cut from the original. The code is presumably somewhere. Mm. Um, so that should be cool. Uh, but but yeah, it was it was a it was a bountiful week to be a Star Wars. Well, bountiful weekend really to be a, a Star Wars fan. Well, you know, I got two wieners. It was great, it and was, I got none. Well, it, well, you had the Kingdom Hearts anniversary recently, so that was... Oh boy, I got some overpriced luggage, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the announcement of four on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Huh? Can't um, choose. Beggars can't be choosers. And I don't, uh, I don't know if we got anything else. Yeah, I don't... We're still waiting on Nintendo. I think uh, there's going to be a state of play next week, but they've been very hit or miss. Yes. Being that it's PlayStation, so... Yes. We shall see about that. No one's announced anything for... The adjacent E3 time frame plan. I would assume that Nintendo's going to do another one of those uh, drop it throughout the weeks, like with little announcements. Yeah, wasn't Jeff Keighley talking about something I that's going read, to sub out for that yeah, time? Yeah, I think I read the same thing, too. But I'm not sure if Nintendo is going to be there. I mean, I could expect, if not, save some money and wait till the holiday season. I'll be good. There's still games to play. Yeah, I know. There's plenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, I mean, I really don't mind it if we get presentations online instead yeah. of, like... The Xbox no. Gatorade dancers. Just, I, I don't. Well, I don't think that's ever going to happen again. So I think we're safe from that, that. era. Yes. It's long gone. We survived that. We did our time, Dan. We survived. We've learned. We've grown. Look, it's the Shik Hydrobot. Like oh it's my gosh. <laughs> Jason Derulo and Just Dance '87. <laughs> oh, God, um, those poor actor dancers in the bear costumes, but they work so hard. But that's all I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's fine. We do have a uh, an episode that I'm excited about today. Yes. Um, I do have that tangent, though. Okay, by all means. You asked me to work on a style of Pokemon in the... What is it referred to as? as a pseudo-legendary? Yes. Um, in the style of, like, Dragonite, Hydreigon, mm-hmm. um, the others, you know, all the favorite um, end-of-game bosses. And I thought that there would be a cool thing to do here... Especially given the mythos, I think that the first and primary idea that I thought of was um, we take a bearded dragon, Mm -hmm. and that bearded dragon starts as a small, cute, adorable bearded dragon, but then as it evolves, it gets, like, more feather adornments, and then it streams itself into, like, a long-style dragon with a big head, 
almost in the vein of like i don't know if this would like you know that ritual wear or like a chinese dragon that you see at like a parade Mm -hmm. like it goes into that form with like multi feathers colors everywhere but i would want it more like in the style of like a long yeah like um limb, the never end, like the never ending story yes like perhaps? falcor yes but in the bearded dragon maybe its beards can become feather ish and then it can develop wings out of those feathers as well as the evolution line continues like it could be very like carnival festival themed too mm-hmm. but still be intimidating in that way so falcor luck dragon bearded I like dragon it. I like it was my thought would be we can give uh dragon gym leader like the second form of it to tease it mm. and such um, but I like that because we don't uh, we don't have a lot of those kinds of dragons for some reason. So we can uh, they don't stay serpents usually. Mm-hmm. So we can, I can easily do that. Yeah, I can have fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anything else occurs to you, there's no rules saying we can't have multiples of these. No. Uh, but uh, I like it. I said we'll keep it simple. Yeah, like that will fit our themes. It'll be cool and intimidating, and it can be fun and colorful as well. Maybe it's like a party monster or something. A parody mo- I like that, yeah. yeah. Like, it shows up at carnivals, and if it finds it pleasing, it leaves the town alone. <laughs> no, yeah, it, g- it gives you a good luck. Lo- well, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it might have destroyed the town, but yeah. if you have a good party, it yeah. won't. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like it. Um, I have a very simple suggestion for uh, for next week's tangent, uh, mm-hmm. or uh, line of thought. Um, carrying on the legacy of Snorlax, Sudowoodo, and Kecleon, yes. uh Come up or pitch me an idea for a good roadblock, Mon. Okay. As someone who's just chilling, yeah. uh, in spite of their own good, they're just chilling, blocking a route. Could be a, a land mm-hmm. one, a water one. And it won't move unless it hears the marimba. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you gotta get some item. The you, dulcet tones. And you gotta play it hard, yeah. uh, you know, or else this thing's not gonna move. The DK bongos will come out and cause it to give a little shimmy shake. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, um, if you can literally plug that into the Switch... Uh, that'll be good. I like that. The Roblox blocks constant theme in Pokemon. Yeah, I think should come back. It, yeah, it, I I always loved it. I was hoping it, it like it hasn't continued in a while. No. Um, but I figured why not? Yeah. So you know, think yeah. about what's come before and how you want to integrate it, and it can be a goofy thing to hamper player progress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Nothing I like more. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. Um, but also. Uh, this is not for, ne- like, don't stress about it for next week, mm-hmm. um, but generally, since we're an anime podcast, um, maybe start rolling over in your head some of your favorite anime series and yes. and think on, uh, you know, if we can represent them via Pokemon, anyway. Because okay. if we need stuff to, I mean, we already have a huge dex, we have a lot mm-hmm. um, in that spreadsheet, but uh, if we want to fill out the empty spaces with anime themed ones I mean, we, we can, can do stick that. them anywhere yeah. and then we we come up with them first and then decide what to do with them later but yeah. uh but that's it that's a long-term one mm-hmm. uh, the roadblock one is the one for next week okay. and i will get to work on bearded dragon awesome um but mm. we're talking about reptilian things amphibians we're talking we got to talk turtle now we I'd got to. to talk it yeah um so our Animaster piece uh, event is continuing, mm-hmm. um, where we showcase, you know, uh, like Asian directors uh, with with some quality movies that we wouldn't focus on otherwise, otherwise. because of Sinister Six or anything related to that mm-hmm. or anime movies. Um, so I did a lot of debating with this. Um, I figured there's a lot of I have like a lot of 
ideas for future Animasterpiece ones. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of uh, martial arts movies that I can still bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I just have trouble finding them, but I have managed to track most of them down now. Um, but in this case, I was thinking, okay, uh, I'll do something a little different, throw a curveball. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no better curveball than a, than a big spitting turtle. I, I mean, yeah. Um, Tie into our classic roots at the same time, too, with our Godzilla mode. So, uh, this time, uh, we're gonna roll out Drawing Board, yes. and he is Prophetic Runestone Edition. Oh my. Uh, so he does not have the prestigious flair that you gave him last week. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's covered in rocks. He's, <laughs> he's nothing just, but rocks! Nothing but rocks. And um, strange runes! Yeah, there's a big Viking runestone at his center mm-hmm. that's foretelling of doom. Does this say weeb? No, it can't be. <laughs> it, it might. The, you know, the, the serpent might loop into that shape. Uh, but either way, it's it's nothing good. Mm. It's, 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 a, it's a dire warning, All if right. anything. Well, good thing I can't read. Um, But that brings us to today's film, Gamera 3, Revenge of Iris. And Mm. I will pass you over the Blu-ray from our friends at Arrow Video, who I think they've provided a few good re-releases of old movies like these. Uh, This was part of a box set of all of Gamera's uh, Hisei-era films. Mm. Um, But uh, as I said, I kind of went through... And watched all of them, and I was trying to think, okay, what would be the the, the best one to show here? Mm-hmm. And you ended up choosing two films that focused on folklore and yes. had some creepy environments. Uh, so I chose the one that not only connects to that theme, uh, but also just because I really love the kaiju design in this film. Mm. I think Iris is probably one of the best suit portrayed kaiju Looks that we cool will, on the box, we will see. So. Yeah, he, he's. He is he is something to see. Um, <laughs> he has a sight to see. The CG in the film, being late '90s, is not spectacular, mm. but it's not used to the extent that you would notice and like cringe at it. It's mm. it's kind of it's used as best they could at that point. But the physical suit work and the puppetry of everything is is top notch. Um, so uh, this is. Uh, Gamera 3 Revenge of Iris, subtitled Awakening of Iris in Japan, and whether or not Iris is spelled with a Y or an I is varies from every single source I found. Mm. Um, it is the 11th entry in the Gamera film series overall, and the third installment of its rebooted Hisei era. Uh, it was released in 1999, directed by uh, Shusuke Kaneko, and written by Kazunori Ito, with uh, Shinji Higuchi in charge of special effects. And as far as I recall, this trio did all three of these movies. Mm. Uh, this was a project that, uh, we'll get into this in a moment, but they put a lot of thought into, put a lot of care into, so this was clearly maybe like a like a passion project mm-hmm. for this group. Um but uh, we'll get into the ins and outs of, of the business of Gamera in a second. <laughs> uh, but first I should address, what, no Godzilla? Yep, I mean... Um, the King of the Monsters is, is guaranteed to return to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I have many, many more Godzilla things that I want to showcase here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jonathan Willing, I will bring them. Um, but, you know, Godzilla is guaranteed a spot, whereas Gamera... Well, he is not. Yes. So it, it, it's. I figured I would. I would use this opportunity to showcase another kaiju 
who, uh, through no fault of his own, is not is not featured in popular culture as often as mm-hmm. Godzilla is. Um, and there are other plenty of other Gamera movies. Uh, so if the results are good, in that uh, you, Grant, Gabe, the Raccoon Executives, Bandit, Drawing Board, Coon, Cringe Corner, and Cobb the Dark Wizard all approve. Well, you know, that that's a tough crowd right there to get approval from all of us. It is. Yeah. They all you gotta, can bribe me. I don't know about the other ones. They all got to turn the key. Uh, then Gamera can easily return because yeah. there's other discussions to be had. Uh, unfortunately, some would probably qualify for Sinister Six, which yes. we'll get into in a moment. Uh, but... If the people like Gamera, they can get more Gamera. Mm. Uh, but so let's get into that. Gamera, the turtle, the myth, and the legend. <laughs> uh, Gamera was created by the Dae Film Company in order to compete with the box office sensation that was Godzilla, mm. which at the time was owned by their rival studio, Toho. Um, but you will notice that when we load this film up and get it going, it's distributed by Toho okay. because Dae is no longer a thing by itself. Mm. The brand is maintained to use on, like, the bumper of films like this, mm-hmm. but they were dissolved and sold off, and now, ironically, their rival studio distributes their films. Isn't that always the way? Um, so, uh, Gamera's name is a combination of Kame, turtle, mm-hmm. and the Ra suffix used by other kaiju, such as Gojira and Mothra. Mm-hmm. Um if there's any deeper meaning to that, I don't, I don't know, but it, it would make sense that, well, we got to cash in on the big monster craze, mm-hmm. Mothra, Gojira, yeah. Gamera, whatever. And, and this then get those kaiju fans in the, in the cinema show. Um, he likely takes inspiration from the black tortoise of the North, which is, uh, it's been referenced on this podcast before. I think many times we've through anime that we've watched, uh, or talking about Digimon or mm-hmm. Pokemon ideas, um, it's, you know, the black tortoise of the north, otherwise known as Gembu, is one of the four symbols of the Chinese constellation. Yes. It's frequently invoked in anime. Uh, it represents the north and the winter season. As such, Gamera in his original film is, uh, you know, he awakens in the Arctic mm-hmm. due to a nuclear explosion, uh, like test bomb that goes off mm-hmm. in the Arctic and he's freed from the ice up there. That's how he comes back. Um, in today's film... Uh, they actually have a reference to Gembu as another character is talking about mythology mm-hmm. and, oh, well, maybe Gamera was this thing mm-hmm. in, in, in the ancient past. Uh, Gamera's most iconic ability is flight. He can retract <laughs> his limbs into his shell. As most turtles can. And uh, <laughs> uh, just the one time. And spiral into the sky. And uh, use jets of hot air <laughs> to spin around and fly. If you need a mental image for it, it's what Squirtle used to do. I mean, that's what I did yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) The results were a little bit messy. What were you spraying? (laughs) uh, But uh, uh, in later films, Gamera can also limit this to his legs and can limit this to just his legs and then reshape his forearms into fins so that he can kind of fly in like a combat flight form. Mm -hmm. He can like maneuver around and stuff. Uh, Gamera feeds on irradiated and or molten materials, and as such, the Hisei era gave him the ability to expel fireballs from his mouth. I too have had White Castle, yes, Dan. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> but this was presumably, again, to make him more cinematic mm-hmm. compared to Godzilla, because these days, in the kaiju business, you gotta have a breath weapon. You gotta get a gimmick. Um, Gamera is a friend to all children. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's usually summoned by kids or works with kids or answers the prayers of kids. Mm. Um, and I would assume that this was done to contrast him with Godzilla, who was mean at the time. If you remember, yeah. he was Godzilla would have started out quite rude mm-hmm. um, before he ended up being goofier. Yeah, uh, but and I, he had a kid of his own, so he did. <laughs> yeah, parenthood changes you, yeah. but, but he, uh, yeah. So I would assume that Gamera was was designed to be like, oh, he's not mean like Godzilla, Godzilla. is. <laughs> he's good for the kids and and good uh, publicity for Gamera. Um. You know, so that dynamic would have made sense at the get-go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gamera did come out, I think the first movie came out in the 60s, so Godzilla would have just been starting his goofy phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so there was still time to cash in on it. Uh, the Hisei era uh, expands on Gamera's power set by having him powered by mana, or mana, however you want to say oh. it. Uh, the spiritual energy that sustains the planet. Uh, he is thus impacted by the general vibes of humanity, and if our spirit falters, it might affect him. Um, he can also utilize a, h- a handful of mana-charged attacks, but these are usually finishing moves and present a great risk to the turtle. Oh. Uh, Gamera never quite ascended to the heights of Godzilla during the Showa era. Uh, the seven films of Gamera that were released during the time were moderately successful, but by all means, they just seem to run out of money. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of memes online made out of like gifts of like Gamera, like the later ones where I- I'm sure people have seen it. Uh, Gaios is like a big flat-headed bird thing. Mm-hmm. There's like a gif of him shooting a laser <laughs> and it bounces off the knife guy's head, then mm-hmm. cuts off his leg, and it's like they were running out of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually. The, the films just abruptly stopped um, when Daae went under. Like, mm. they, they financially collapsed in, like, 1979, I think. Oh, no, 71, even mm. earlier. Uh, so you got to think that from 65 to 71, they put out these seven movies. They were probably rushing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just ran out of money and were absorbed by uh, Kadokawa Pictures. Um, and I believe... That uh, Katakawa, Toho, and two others are now the the current surviving big four of this, even though distribution can be weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that happened. But uh, the cheapness and weirdness of Showa Gamera has produced, again, a lot of, of japes about Gamera. Uh, <laughs> he was featured on multiple episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000, because yeah. they couldn't get Godzilla. Yeah. They, they got Godzilla vs. Megalon, but Toho sued them pretty much and they can't use that episode anymore but Gamera they they watched like five of them so the 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 turtle was fair game um and uh, they also got a lot of airtime on local television stations here in the states in the 70s and 80s so similar to Godzilla the, the fan base could have been built up by just people catching these on mm-hmm. cable um so yeah uh Die Film filed for bankruptcy, they were purchased, and they were actually doing, like, test or um, pre-production for an eighth film, mm. which had promised to introduce uh, Gamera's equivalent to King Ghidorah, <laughs> his arch-enemy, mm-hmm. uh, which would have been a big snake, a big mama snake, named oh. uh, Garasharp. Oh, <laughs> 
And if you Google Garisharp, and there is, I, I would assume, like, suit tests and puppet tests that exist of it, because mm-hmm. Daye must have went under when this thing was literally starting production. Okay. Um, and it would have involved Gamera adopting her snake babies to show that he had it's, forgiven his enemy. It's cool, yeah. Um, a clip show movie... Uh, what called Gamera Super Monster was released in 1980 to little to no fanfare, and the series went dormant for 15 years. Mm. Gamera uh, slept within his show. He did. Uh, that brings us to 1995, where the Gamera franchise was rebooted with Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. That film was followed by Gamera 2, Advent of Legion, in 1996, <laughs> and today's film, Gamera 3, Awakening of Iris. There is... Technically, a fourth film uh, called Gamera the Brave that came out in the early 2000s. Um, That is not part of the storyline of this trilogy, which is self-contained. That Gamera the Brave is a standalone movie where a small bandit child finds a Gamera egg and raises him to be like a a superhero type Mm. thing. Um, Notably, if anyone is interested, a fun fact about Gamera the Brave is that uh, for that movie, there's a part kind of like where, you know, in E.T., where the government comes and Mm -hmm. takes E.T. Well, someone comes and takes Toto, who was the Gamera of that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And they made a big, life-sized puppet of of Gamera and put him on a flatbed truck. Mm -hmm. And for a number of years, starting from when this film came out, uh, a lot of people had been circulating that picture online as giant turtle, turtle. caught in the Amazon, yeah. and or like giant turtle caught near irradiated waters, <laughs> and it was like that's a, like a lot of the traction that the mm. film gained on the internet was people thought that that was a real giant <laughs> turtle that they had found, mm. uh, but he was not. He was Gamera. <laughs> so, well, he's real um, to you, Dad. Yes, yeah. he's, he, he exists in everyone's heart. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Shusuke Kaneko directed all three films in the Hisei trilogy, which took a much darker and more abstract approach to the franchise, similar to Godzilla's Hisei movies. Uh, the reception to this trilogy was much more positive than previous Gamera films. Uh, Awakening of Iris itself is generally regarded as one of the best kaiju films of all time, in terms of writing, themes, and special effects. Uh, Guardian of the Universe, the first one, even managed to beat Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla at the Japanese box office. That was the first time a Gamera film ever did that to a Godzilla film, and for that brief moment in the sun, Gamera was a proper rival to wow. Godzilla. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if Gamera was considered lackluster back in the Showa era, this made him more bankable. Mm. Um he has not had a prosperous career since oh, then, okay. but I think people are trying yeah. to, to do that. Um, so Kaneko has stated that uh, while he was making the Gamera trilogy, he noticed that young people in Japan had a lack of belief in anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in a specific religion, but they just lacked spirituality and faith. So uh, I, this re- it reminded me a lot of like how you know Miyazaki would talk sometimes, and how other like how anime the directors, like, you know. They're listless at this point. And, yeah. Mm. Like, um, so he made spirituality a major theme of this trilogy, and there are a number of religious parallels that are made throughout it, aside from, you know, the, re- the obvious references to, like, Japanese religions and, and, and Shinto and mythology mm-hmm. and things like that. 
Um, in the first film, Gamera is revived in a burst of flames that is meant to call to mind the mythical phoenix. Uh, in the second film, while facing Legion, who is a big ant, um, <laughs> Gamera dies for three days before what? being resurrected, oh. like a certain other someone. <laughs> Another anime know. hero yeah. that we know. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> um, and this film plays into this theme with its ending, which we will wait to discuss until you have watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but faith is a big element. Um, so, um, George Michael said it, you gotta have faith, Dan. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but now, since we are jumping in on the third movie in a trilogy, again, what Mm. I saw as- We've done it before, we'll do it again. Yeah, as as the best fit for the podcast today, um, there are some leftover elements or story elements carried forward from the previous two movies that I'll cover here. So, in the first movie, Gamera was found as a floating rocky island- (laughs) Uh, containing a prophetic runestone, mm-hmm. which spoke of Gamera being the last hope for humanity, mm-hmm. um, as well as numerous tiny Magatama. Yes. Which, if oh, you... I'm familiar with the Phoenix Wright lore of the Magatama. Yes. Yeah. So, to anyone who doesn't isn't aware, it kind of looks like this the like one the half of the yin yang symbol, little uh, you know, item used for you know, spiritual stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and these specific Magatama were made from Ori Calcum. Oh. Do you remember Ori Calcum from Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, I remember it from Fantasy throughout. The Seal of Ori Calcos from Yu-Gi-Oh, of yes. course. I remember it being a Final Fantasy staple, Ori Calcum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, it's around the world. But uh, they were... Uh, so these are made from Ori Calcum, mm-hmm. and these Magatama allowed humans to psychically connect with Gamera and lend him their willpower and is later revealed Mana. Mm. Uh, when Gamera used the Mana Cannon technique to defeat Legion in the second film, all of these Magatama became overloaded and shattered, uh, therefore seemingly breaking Gamera's yeah. connection to humanity, and that could explain his edgelord streak in this third <laughs> film. Uh, one of the characters directly speculates that he's he can't vibe off humanity anymore, yeah, he lost so touch he's, with humans, he's lost. So, you know, he has to go ride some motorcycles. Um, the, the prophecy from the first film, uh, with Gamera being the world's last hope is also recontextualized in this third movie, mm-hmm. uh, where it's kind of talked about and it's shown that Gamera is by all indication, literally the last member of his race. <laughs> so if Gamera dies, there is no other guardian to take his place. Mm-hmm. Um, some characters who are returning, uh, is Asagi Kusanagi. Uh, in the first film, she was a, a young girl who formed the primary psychic connection with Gamera, uh, and like her belief in him helped him to defeat the main Gaios, the mother Gaios, who big bird, mm-hmm. big reptilian creature, flying creature, kind of like Rodan, but with a flathead. Um, and uh, then in the second movie, their bond was shattered in order to defeat Legion because mm-hmm. Gamera had to, you know, Use all break the, his arm the juice, fighting yeah. the yeah. yeah. Um, she returns in this film as a young adult, having traveled abroad to study <laughs> mana. Why don't we do that anymore? <laughs> well, well, yeah. Why can I well, have my COVID, but... <laughs> mana? Yeah. Um, and she is the one who, who voices concern that Gamera is, like, either losing touch with humanity, or that Gamera was never meant to, to represent us, and that he represents the planet and nature itself, and is indifferent to the people populating it. Mm. Um, but uh, we'll see. Gamera, G- Gamera's got a heart. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Also returning from the first movie is uh, Mayumi uh, Nagamine. Uh, she was an ornithologist uh, who was summoned to study 
uh, the Gaios appearances in yeah. the first film. Does a flying reptile count as a bird? They call that out. All She's right. like, th- like when she sees that she, she goes, that's um, not a bird <laughs> yeah when they start like noticing he's like no this is a you want someone who's an expert like a herpetologist yeah. you don't want like i can't help okay. you but um because she's the only one who's like seen them and sees to have an idea of what's going on uh the other character who returns inspector uh, osako who was with the police at the time mm-hmm. um kind of pleads with her to just assist in the scientific mm-hmm. endeavor um and then by this film we assume that she's become, like, one of the foremost experts on Gaios. On Kaiju. <laughs> um, but the, the whole thing, you know, and she was young in the first movie, but uh, she... The whole thing was that her mentor, like, the proper head of the ornithology department in the mm-hmm. first film went missing looking for Gaios, mm. and then she was called in, and now, by now, she's taken on that mm-hmm. role. Uh, Inspector Osaka himself returns in this film, but he's in a very downtrodden state uh. because he is not processing the events of that of the disasters in that first film very well. Um, so we got some kaiju tropes that are going to be deconstructed by this film. Uh, we have a child in need befriends a cute monster slash alien, and they have an adventure. Every day we record is the same thing, man. Uh, <laughs> it, true, uh, but in this case, it's no good. Uh, it's it's going to be a spin on that oh, trope. No. Um, also, a, a child is handed a great power beyond their understanding, uh, but what were to happen if that child has negative or misguided intentions? I mean, yeah. Uh, Shusuke Kaneko will also go on to direct the Death Note movies, mm. so there are themes yeah. recurring there. That was a lot of power that was mishandled. Yes, <laughs> with those films. Well, not the yeah, not oh, the not Netflix the, oh, okay, yeah, not the God. Netflix oh. one. The <laughs> the ones that were in Japan. Right, good. The, yeah, which I think are are well liked. <laughs> I think I don't know. Um, uh, even if a monster is occasionally a good guy or the lesser of two evils, it would still extract a heavy death toll by rampaging. Yes, I would assume, yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is that uh, the Heisei-era Godzilla movies also addressed this, but they couldn't kill Godzilla. Mm-hmm. They tried to uh, multiple times in the Heisei-era. There's That's like the crux of multiple plots in those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Godzilla wasn't going to fall to them. <laughs> Gamera is smaller and can be hurt mm. by man-made weapons, especially like modern-day ones. Um, so it, it was like a like a cost-benefit thing of do we he- keep him around to fight other mm-hmm. worse monsters, or do we you know get rid of him? And this film prompts them to get rid of him. Mm. Um, so that was some for its time some some deconstruction there. Uh, Iris, as I've said, mm-hmm. the, the main enemy kaiju, uh, it's difficult to discuss Iris without spoilers, mm-hmm. so we'll wait until we've watched the movie to talk about him, but again, the physical suit is one of my favorite kaiju. Up, so yeah. I'm excited. Um, and a common theme that ties it into our podcast. We got folklore and its origins, original intent, mm-hmm. so that ties into your previous Animasterpiece picks. Mm-hmm. Um, how to process grief and loss, We've mm-hmm. that's come up a lot in the anime that we've watched. Um, the spirit persevering and overcoming physical disadvantages, a lot of shonen tropes mm-hmm. there. Uh, the literal monsters that can result from not resolving your inner demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stupid parallels <laughs> with Yu-Gi-Oh's Orikalko's plot, plot. Mm. because I'm pretty sure the villains in that arc were from Atlantis. Yes, Darts and company. And it's implied that the people who put that stone on Gamera were Atlanteans. Uh, like, this was Atlantean technology that 
like the Magatama and everything like that was what they did. Um, uh, Madoka and making deals with monsters. <laughs> don't do it. Um, and also Shining Finger. Oh. But you'll have to wait and see how that comes into play. Okay. <laughs> uh, but any previewing expectations? Well, I'm excited just to return to the kaiju world again. Mm-hmm. We've had a fun time. As you, as I said previously, you could check out our Godzilla season where we mm-hmm. traipsed through them and had a lot of fun doing so. I mean, I like turtles, mm-hmm. so I'm going to be honest. Uh, yeah. Gamera will probably easily win my heart over, and you've hyped up Iris's design, so I'm excited for that. Also, I share a similarity with Gamera. If you put me on my back, I have a tough time flipping <laughs> over, too. But <laughs> that's me. I'm excited, like I said. Of course. Well, mm. I'd say uh, get your sacred dagger ready. Oh, it's always ready. <laughs> you don't need to ask twice. Let's take to the skies, shall we? <laughs> Should I get in the shell, or? <laughs> uh, half shell, maybe. Um. We are back. We just finished watching uh, Gamera 3, Revenge of Iris from 1999. Any initial thoughts? Oh, he's just a single kaiju who works too hard. <laughs> Loves his, his kids and never stops. stops. <laughs> that Gamera, he gets the short end of the stick. <laughs> well, he does. Uh, and it should be noted that it is very intentional that Gamera doesn't have the bulk of the screen time in yeah, this. Yeah, he's almost barely in this film. It's not uh, the... Uh, Again, I figured for the sake of Iris, I would bring this one. It, it, that's it's different in like in the other two, he gets center stage, but in this one, uh, he's kind of off screen, fighting against mm-hmm. uh, Gaios worldwide for a little bit. Yeah, and then he comes back at the end. Um, but I figured that was a trade off because I think Iris fits with our tropes usually. yeah like it's a story it's a tale as old as time especially yes. on this podcast man falls for kaiju <laughs> someone's bitter you know i try to start a cult or something a thing does absorption it's yeah well yeah, yeah you yeah. started a cult yeah. you have you successfully run it so mm-hmm. it's uh and you got a weird atlantean game designer who yeah. makes sega dreamcast yes, games that predict this doomsday yes hmm. yeah. um, very interesting but we will get to that yes um, so, uh, this movie opens on the, uh, the ornithologist from the first movie, uh, Mayumi uh, Nagamine, uh, presumably shortly after the events of the first film, investigating the appearance of a Gaios. Near the equator. Near the equator. Yeah. Um, she investigates it, she sees, like, the villagers who are distraught tell <laughs> Describing her- Describing a large bird. <laughs> well, yeah, a large Ridley that came down and it killed multiple people, it ate a woman's- husband and son um and uh you know um mayumi looks over it and she says that like okay this is this is a recognizable gaios but it seems to have evolved somewhat like it's it's a different subspecies compared to the gaios who attacked japan Mm. 
previously. Yeah. Good practicals so far with like the dead guy. So I was like, okay. Yes. And it does feel a little bit newer. Like I know it was filmed in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So like I was expecting something maybe a little bit old, more old fashioned, but it surprised me. Well, it it was it was 1999 mm-hmm. and at that point the Hisei Godzilla films had ended. Um and when we eventually hit on those those are like you can see the development of the special effects as they go. Even even from 1985 till the end of the 90s, there is a steady improvement as to what they could do with these suits. Uh, like Iris takes advantage of a lot of integrated like LED lights inside. That's something that the Hisei Godzilla films also started doing mm. uh, to kind of give them a little more pop at night and stuff. Um, and combining a lot more complicated puppetry than yeah. they could have. Yeah. Uh, in the old Showa Godzilla ones, like, the most, you know, like, Mothra was puppeteered and Ghidorah's heads were puppeteered, but that was an incredibly complex task. Mm-hmm. Here, they can puppet some of it and then CGI in the rest. So it's, it's you know, it, it reaches that point where uh, the, the Millennium Godzilla films can be hit or miss with the effects sometimes, mm-hmm. but generally the the art of making these kaiju practical effects has gone up. Mm. And then that leads all the way to, like, Shin Godzilla, where it's, like, a seamless blend of CGI plus, over like, overlaid with the suit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad you noticed that. It's mm-hmm. like, again, we got, like... Well, I was going to say, it right was going to look the... better than Godzilla 2000 at points. At, yeah. at times it feels dated, but I mean, like... It yeah. feels more modern than I thought it was going to feel, is what my final thought is. Yeah, I, and that was something, like, uh, it's always interesting watching the kaiju films from this era. Because, again, I grew up watching the Godzilla ones on repeat, mm-hmm. and the Millennium ones, when you go into them, and someday maybe we will, mm-hmm. the freshness of what they're able to do kind of stands out to mm-hmm. you. Like, uh, I mean, there's, it's, it's not a good movie, but Godzilla versus, uh, Megan Yaris, like the giant <laughs> dragonfly, mm-hmm. like they puppeteer that in such a way that it has the dragonfly wing beats mm-hmm. with CGI against a puppet. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, so they steadily evolve. Um, but, uh, we then cut to a, a black and white flashback in 1995. Well, we also see before that, that under, underwater, they're oh, detecting yeah, yeah. a lot of, uh, bumps. Yes. Uh, there is a, a, a submersible crew who are scanning the seas near Japan, mm-hmm. and they come across uh, what they think is a bumpy part of the ocean floor, yeah. but in actuality, it is a Gamera graveyard. <laughs> it is multiple Gamera skeletons that stretch on for a huge distance, so uh, Gamera is presumably one of, or if, well, we know the last of his kind, mm-hmm. but the uh, all the other gambras have died. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Um, but uh, we then get the black and white flashback <laughs> to the events of the first movie mm-hmm. in 1995. So that is the first movie? Yes. Like, would we see these characters in the first film or no? No. Okay, this was just an adjacent event happening. Uh, yeah. Okay. In the in the first movie, um, that's like near the end of their fight scene in the mm. first movie, but it would have just been another anonymous building okay. destroyed. I do like when we do that. Like, we get a Cloverfield-ish situation of different perspectives going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, and these, and again, that wasn't something that was done a lot in these movies. I, I think Godzilla does that at one point too, but not even yeah. uh, to the same extent. Like this directly integrates it into the plot. Um, 
So, uh, Gamering Gaios, uh, the, the, the main mother slash super Gaios from that film mm-hmm. is, uh, are, are battling. We get, like, the money shot of, from that film of Gaios sitting on Tokyo Tower, like, roosting on top mm-hmm. of it. Um, and, uh, you know, as they're fighting, um, a young girl, Ayana Hirasaka, is there with her mom and dad, mm-hmm. And it, it, it's it's kind of in a throwaway line of dialogue. Iris the cat, honey. Uh, yeah, yeah. I noticed. Um, <laughs> but her her mom is still. Yeah, her dad loads her into the van outside, and uh, the uh, the mom is still upstairs trying to coax their cat Iris mm. out of underneath one of the tables. Was it worth it? Well, ask Grant if he if would he go back. Well, for you'd his... go back for Bandit, but you I be would definitely a... go back. You wouldn't for be making out of there. But you would look Bandit down those stairs, though. I would have to. He, I yeah, he's uh... or Bandit would be the evil puppet thing. You see me the... run in. <laughs> oh, thank God, it's still here. The peach amiibo. <laughs> Pick it up and run back out. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, again, it's it's in a throwaway line of dialogue later, but. The reason that Ayana was home was that she had just had an appendectomy, uh, and her younger brother, a baby, was staying with their relatives in the countryside. Um, and so, part of the reason that that Ayana has so much guilt and despair over this, mm-hmm. um, because the you know Gamera and Gaios are fighting, Gamera, you know, unthinkingly goes through the building (laughs) and destroys it as Ayana watches and her parents are inside, Mm -hmm. or her parents are inside. Uh, But it's part of the reason why this whole of, like, she care, like, internally she blames herself because, like, my parents hadn't evacuated because I was, you know, recovering from my surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Like, her parents are killed and uh, she obviously resents Gamera for that, and she goes to live with her aunt and uncle and her younger brother mm-hmm. in the countryside. Who, complete assholes. Uh, yeah. Kinda, sorta, in, like, that way that Dur- we've seen like, throughout all our movies. Yeah, they're, like, Dursley-ish, except yeah. for the, 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 the older brother. Yeah. Even the uncle's cool. like, maybe don't say these things aloud, because she's kind of, like, yeah. getting over the death of her family. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, this is an old-fashioned village, maybe mm-hmm. change your name, yeah. because people are gonna start rumors. Uh, but, uh, in 1997, uh, you know, Gamera fought the Legion, uh, which was a big ant, big ant queen at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to do that, he had to use his mana cannon technique that broke his connection to the mana humanity. cannon? Where's that Magic the Gathering card? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. They do use mana. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, then we, we go to 1999, the, the... It's not in order in this yeah. part, but the, the Gamma skeletons are discovered underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, but, coinciding with this, uh, you know, aside from what um, the uh, Nagamine is doing, mm-hmm. there are reports coming in from all over the world. The giant... These birds are acting a fool. Ridley-esque yeah. things are, are killing going people everywhere. Peru, America... And, uh, yeah, so, so, Ayana is now uh, older, she's living in the mountains. She's having a rough time at school. She is. Yeah, she's not fitting in, because that girl, that orphan girl moved here. Yeah, they bully your little brother, too. Always a trope in these films. Why would people be so mean when there's these earth-ending kaiju? I'm telling you, when there's an end-all, be-all of bullies, that, because that yeah. happened in, that's, that's the one thing I remember about Jack Frost, yeah. was the... Well, it's, He's not fun since his dad died. Yeah. Let's go, guys. Like, it, it was just like, wow. Mm. 
<laughs> People are dicks. I don't think 90s bullies would go that far, no. but, uh, you know. Um, so, uh, Ayana learns of a of a local legend that says a, a mythical creature uh, corresponding to the Red Bird of the South mm-hmm. in Chinese lore is supposedly imprisoned in a small cave near the town. Yeah. Ask Bro, he knows. He gives her some of that information. Yeah. After and then, she kind of goes there and explores, or sees the other kids exploring over there, too. And we get, like, um... The well, uh, yeah. There's like a few moments here. There's one moment where, yeah, she goes to her brother to ask mm-hmm. about it, and she's like, "Oh yeah, Genbu is the turtle of the yeah. north." You know, uh, like there's a tiger, tiger or dragon. Um, and then the phoenix is supposed to be the one of the south, but mm-hmm. the other shrine in this region doesn't have that one mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh, but it would presumably be represented by the one in this town. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you kind of, it kind of starts this background lore thing as to whether or not Gaios is, like, the diametric opposite mm-hmm. to, to Gamera, mm-hmm. and if, as we'll see, Iris is that, yeah. but we don't, it's never confirmed that any of that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but, but Ayana directly assumes that this this bird, this phoenix, would be the yeah. opposite, the antithesis. And she hates Gamera. She hates Gamera. She hates him. <laughs> she knows what he is. <laughs> uh, so she she fixate. She kind of like fixates um, on the idea that uh, mm-hmm. like this could be the the way you know, to beat Gamera at his own game. Yeah. his own Gamera. The way to get rid. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, he, she goes there with the bully girls. Yeah, and the boy that kind of crushes on her. That's like. The, the shrine, keep, the guardian. shrine keeper, or the future shrine guardian. Yeah, there's a there's a boy who is. Um, I didn't like, write his name down. I just put boy. Uh, it's probably gonna get mentioned yeah. somewhere, but she. Um, yeah, there's a boy whose family has been guarding this shrine mm-hmm. for generations, yeah. uh, and uh, but we'll get to him yes, in a second. Yes. But she goes into the shrine uh, because she like made a deal with the bullies. Like if I go in there and I do some stupid ghost thing, Will you like, leave me alone. Yeah, you'll leave me and my brother mm-hmm. alone. Um, so she, she goes in, uh, spying on them is the Shrine Kid's sister, Mm -hmm. uh, who is a background character. Um, but she goes in and she moves this ancient protective stone that had, you know, been buried in the center of the cave, Mm -hmm. uh, within this shrine. Um, and, uh, like the, the Shrine Kid comes and she's like what are you doing like that's the like the shrine gives a little shake and they're like oh we have to put it back yeah we have to move this back yeah. so they do and they're like don't tell anyone about this mm-hmm. like this is this is very bad you know just don't mention it yeah um so uh later uh ayana curious re- does return to the mm-hmm. shrine and she finds a, a sort of a weird egg in the middle a dark <laughs> I know where egg this is going yeah in the middle of the cave she si- decides to rear it as her own well, she also gets a glowing stone bead, not yeah. unlike the Magatama that mm-hmm. Gamera distributes. <laughs> yeah. She says, this is nice. She fashions a little necklace out of it and says, it's mine now. <laughs> um, I think while this is happening... Yeah, we get like the subplot. The other plots are happening elsewhere. Uh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but but one of them is that uh, the, the the guardian of the, sh- the, like, the shrine guardian boy goes to his grandma yeah. who's been she like... Goes, as long as you didn't move that stone, because honestly that's when all the shit's gonna go to hell. Uh, yeah, she's yeah. like, for thousands of years our family has been... <laughs> 
we you just think he all... would know that? Well, he's like yeah. he's a trainee. But he's like you, a... I feel like that would be the first thing you tell them. But I don't know. With like a if it's like if he hasn't been privy to that knowledge yet, mm. it's like <laughs> because the grandma says like, oh, your older brothers are like going off to school or whatever, mm-hmm. so you're going to have to step up as the guardian of that shrine now, yeah. like as our family has done. Um, and he's like, but as long as you don't move that rock inside, and he's like, ooh. Um, but, uh, the egg hatches, and a little tentacled monster comes out. Fucking Jim Henson's wannabe comes out. (laughs) Yeah, it's got kind of like a snail shell. Yeah. Uh, with a little, um, kelpie face, kind Mm -hmm. of. Yeah. No mouth, though. Yeah, it's like the baby dinosaur from Dinosaurs. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, but, uh... Ayana like befriends it. Uh, like the boy comes back yeah, to like, like uh, talk what to is her. that? <laughs> kill it! Kill like it, kill uh, and to that end, uh, the boy recovers this little dagger that is stored mm-hmm. separately from the shrine itself. And contemplates ending this creature's life. Well, yeah. as is the duty of his family. That if <laughs> oh, if, but if that this... was mentioned in the, the... <laughs> yeah knew that if there were an elder and eldritch beast. Well, the grandma emerged. told him. Yeah. Like the grandma told him, if if Ryu Seo comes back out, then you have to you know strike it down mm-hmm. with the blade. <laughs> um. So, uh, but but Ayana is kind of bonding with this creature because it as according to the creature uh, according to Iris as she names it after the pet cat mm-hmm. um this this creature hates Gamera too it and killed it will be his the family instrument of my revenge yeah exactly um but we don't know if Iris is bullshitting about Gamera or, killing its family know, it's or or if it's like or if it is a Gaios mm-hmm. and it, but We'll, we'll talk about that at the end, because mm. there's a lot of ways to go with yeah. that. Um, later that same night, Gamera fights two Gaios over the Shibuya district of mm-hmm. Tokyo, setting the city ablaze and killing, well, like 20,000 people. <laughs> it said, yeah. Um, no, I think it was like 100 to 150,000. It was only 20,000. Okay. Uh, well, only 20. It was, oh, okay. was 20,000. No. Um, but... Uh, Gamera, in contrast to his previous two film appearances, shows no regard <laughs> for fuck. civilian casualties. This is a full man of steel battle. He just stomps through buildings and shoots fireballs around with no regard for human life. Yeah. He does stop to save one boy. Yeah, one. Well, it's not even stops to save him in like the thing. It was like he was just blocking an attack, and the boy just happened to avoid being crushed. Yeah. in my opinion. And that's no, but that's yeah. that's probably the right way to view it. It could have been accidental, and it, you know, it could have been an accident, or it could have been one moment of lucidity. <laughs> he from says Gamera saves me, and I'm like, no, he didn't. But like, this is obviously uh, the the general public is shocked because Gamera doesn't do that. Gamera mm-hmm. doesn't just rampage and destroy things. Um, but uh, you know, when this is uh, broadcast on the news, uh, Ayana's hatred for Gamera is only confirmed mm-hmm. and justified. Yeah. And uh, you know, her, yeah, her hatred keeps boiling over. Mm-hmm. Like she knew it. She knew that turtle was bad news. <laughs> and also, if there's one thing you got to put in the movie to wake Dan up, make him pay attention, it's the bureaucracy of the kaiju. Yes, <laughs> it's Dan's favorite thing. 
if it's in a film, he'll say it's a five out of five. You just have to put someone at a desk with a miniature kaiju going like, I am the business of Godzilla affair manager. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm yeah. here to say yeah. Godzilla's down 2% in the polls. Yes. Yeah, that's what happened in the He Say Godzilla uh, movie. That's what happens in Shin Godzilla. Yes, I know. <laughs> the politicians. I've seen the common trend, whereas mine like is a magical girl. Yours is the bureaucracy <laughs> saying, of kaiju. Of dealing with these, yeah. these, these monsters. The pen, pencil pushers and the briefcase holders. Uh, but, uh, so, with this attack, the JSDF, <laughs> as you just said, puts Gamera back on their hit list. <laughs> um, and so they start actively hunting him. Uh, meanwhile, Nagamine has <laughs> made contact with Asage Kusanagi and her old friend Osako. Uh, Inspector Osako, again, was a, uh, he was, I think, like a government inspector who worked with her in the mm-hmm. first film he was like he was kind of like a comic relief character yeah. in that movie but he was like i'm just like a like a, a by the books cop i don't know about monsters yeah. like please just stay and provide some mm-hmm. sanity to yeah, this yeah. um but he is now selling magazines on the street <laughs> he is downtrodden yeah. and he is he has obvious uh, ptsd yes the as one character who... as this would happen um but, uh, eventually she gets back into contact with, uh, yeah, with Asage Kusanagi, the, mm-hmm. the main heroine of the first film, mm-hmm. uh, who is now older and has been traveling abroad. Um, but we will get to that in a sec, because we've got to get to s- creepy video game. Yeah, play. I say that, um, she receives a CD in the mail at some point. Yes, she receives a, uh, yeah, uh, Nagamine receives a CD in the mail, mm. Um, apparently containing pertinent information, but when she tries to play it on her computer, <laughs> doesn't work. Does it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and we'll see why in a second. Uh, but meanwhile, um, while all this is going on, a, uh, a, a video game developer, uh, named Shinra, Shinya Karada and his partner Mito Asakura, mm-hmm. um, are kind of working behind the scenes. Yeah, but I don't understand this guy's motive. He just wants to cause chaos. And, and They're cultists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. I mean, I that's guess kind of... that explains the theatricality of this guy because he's constantly like giving a theater monologue. Well, I would assume some of the 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 background to them might have been filled in by like supplemental mm-hmm. material, but uh, Mito Asakura, she first shows up with with Shinya. They're at like a government building and they're looking over the broken uh magatama yes that were you know uh, cracked during the legion attack mm-hmm. and they're like uh like oh this is uh this is an interesting sign like this means that the uh the demon encased inside that shell um is is vulnerable and uh you know the day of re- like they they mm-hmm. cult talk like yes. the day of reckoning is approaching um, but this lady seems rather pleased that, that this has happened, and she also asks where Asagi is. Um, again, Asagi has been traveling abroad, um, and we see that, um, we, yeah, sorry, the summary is out of order, mm. but, um, Asagi, uh, has been traveling abroad studying mana. Yes. Um, and when, uh, Nag- Nagamine goes to her friend, the CD is revealed to be a Sega Dreamcast and game. <laughs> the true reveal of this film. Yes. <laughs> Didn't uh, see that coming. But the main crux being that, uh, Shinra Karada, being the, uh, Hideo- uh Hideo Kojima of his time, <laughs> yes. had designed a, a little program that would chart 
the the mana of the earth yeah. but he did that in such a way where he used like data points of violence and international conflict to kind of chart how humanity's mm -hmm. vibes went up and down yeah. and uh Nag nagamine notes that the last time it spiked to almost like a fever pitch was the first time that gaio started appearing mm -hmm. so it starts this speculation that you know, Gamera might be representing the people, and Gaios is, like, the the fighting the infection of humanity. Mm -hmm. Like, if something, if civilization gets too advanced or gets too conflicted, then Gaios starts spawning and taking out humanity. Mm -hmm. And Gamera maybe is what stops them, yeah. but we don't, we don't know for certain yet. Um... So, uh, Tatsunari is the, is the boy, the, mm. the guardian. Um, Ayana is raising Iris in secret. Um, and, you know, the, I'd be concerned when I saw the appendages tentacles that have little steel barbs on the end. You want to tell how it eats? Well, it skewers like tuna cans open. And, mm -hmm. and sucks them <laughs> dry. Sucks them dry, bone dry, man. It's like cell. It, yeah. it does the cell thing. That's when I would know. I'd be a little bit suspicious. Like I said, Dan would be the one to be like, oh, it's cute. And I'd be on the phone with the <laughs> National Enquirer going, I've got a story for you. And I wouldn't no. lose sleep over it if Dan had to lose his little alien friend. It's my alien and you can't uh, take it. All right, Dan. <laughs> that's, that's the audition that got me the role in E.T. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, so this little creature is um is is kind of chilling in the cave at first, mm -hmm. but um eventually at one point like when Ayana comes back from school, it's gone. it breaks out, yeah. it kills a bunch of animals. animals, and she's just like, "Oh, you were lonely," not noticing her surrounded by corpses. No, but she doesn't. Yeah. Like the audience can see them in quick flashes, Some but irony, yes. Like it, which is something that I also did not expect to see in kaiju movies mm -hmm. in general. Like it, it, it's it's not it's not imagery that you expect. But she, you know, she sees that the shrine has been broken open. She panics. She's running around, and as she's running through the forest, you see all of the desiccated corpses of these woodland creatures, mm -hmm. and then she doesn't pay attention to them and she finds iris she's like oh you got you got scared yeah. because i i yeah, hadn't I shown up yeah so that that must be it you weren't out feeding yeah. you were like mm -hmm. you were just looking for me yeah. um and they have a, a bonding moment where iris seemingly gets enough energy to evolve to its next stage yeah. and gives um, her a little hug yeah it, it uh, not a good heard, hug yeah i heard a squelching sound i said i thought she was gonna be dead but, uh, but I it, guess it, not. it wraps her up and yeah. it absorbs her mm -hmm. um, and then retreats back into the cave. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they're back, back, like, we get, like, a scene in uh, Shibuya mm -hmm. where um, Naga Mine convinces Osako to kind of come out of his self-imposed exile. Yeah, because something bad is happening. Yeah. They're, they're getting a bad vibe about things that are going to happen. And, like, Osaku kind of personally takes it up to, to kind of find redemption because yeah. he's like after the first Gaios attack I tried to like go out to the countryside because I was too afraid to be in a city mm -hmm. but then after Legion attacked 
I didn't want to be not near people, so yeah. I fled back, but I can't function like I'm I'm alone here yeah. anyway. And this one lady is just like, I trust Gamera with my soul, my kids, my children. Yeah, we get the Jonathan, like, news interview yeah. people, like, yeah. you know, and then the view is oh, there. he built that orphanage, but then he sat on it. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know how to feel about Gamera. But Gamera's approval rating is in the pits. Uh, <laughs> he's, the, the public has turned against him, uh, and... <laughs> Yeah, so they, yeah, they they rule in favor of of, of killing him. But mm. more reports steadily keep coming in that Gaios are being sighted everywhere, yeah. and sometimes Gamera shows up to fight them, mm-hmm. uh, which is this quest that he's on throughout this whole movie in the background. Yeah, uh, is fighting these Gaios. Um, so uh, eventually, you know, suspecting that something bad is going to happen, um, Tatsunari goes. Uh, to the shrine and sees that uh, Ayana has been encased by Iris, yeah, in a cocoon uh, to fuse with her. Uh, he cuts her out with the the sacred dagger mm-hmm. um, and escapes with her. And his sister shows up. What are you doing? Yeah, like, <laughs> Let's like get out of here. why yeah. is she covered in goo? Yeah, what you know. Um, but uh, Iris is not happy. No, yeah, Iris is not pleased no. with this, and it's a creepy effect because it's like dangling in the background. Yeah, like the the you know the the kid is cutting her free and mm-hmm. taking her out, and then you just see the puppet of the head yeah, in the background, like like yeah. like scoping him. Yeah. And I and I like because you know again you don't it's very see... little shop of horrors, Dan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they uh, you know Ayana is taken to the hospital. <laughs> um, like her brother is arguing with Tatsunari, like you know, or stepbrother is mm-hmm. like, okay, what what have you guys been doing out here? You have to like tell people what's going on. Um, but it is like uh, there is something clearly suspicious happening in this sleepy town. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, eventually, this escalates to Iris uh, growing further and massacring uh, parts of the village, starting with Ayana's adopted yeah, parents. Because she didn't feel welcomed by them. Yes, I guess. Uh, so, so her adopted family is killed, yes, as is her, her adopted wish brother. Of continuing to be an orphan. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, and but her little and her little brother is is safe for the yeah. time being with her at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Iris, since the village massacre, has grown in the woods outside this village. These it poor kills campers. campers. <laughs> you said they weren't happy. happy? No. Uh, yeah. So again, we get another like cell absorption You're scene. Someone dry. Uh, and, uh, you know, Iris is kind of dormant in the woods. Again, this is, this is where, like, the main Iris suit comes into play. And I love its design. Yeah, I, cool. I, it, it's, it's, I think, one of the best executed ones for how weird it is while still maintaining a humanoid shape. Mm-hmm. And it has the LEDs integrated into it. It has, like, a non-human Face. head, yeah. you know, and from one film to another... Because I didn't mention this before, mm-hmm. but uh, they get better at, at doing things okay. like this. Um, because the first movie, uh, Gaios was shot with a lot of steady camera work. Mm-hmm. So it would look fake. It would look, you know, very obviously a puppet being yeah. like, like how that always looked against models. 
In this movie, they give it, like, more dynamic camera stuff, mm -hmm. so you don't get a clear look at Gaios when it's in flight. Yeah. So that way, it, it retains some some tension. Yeah. Um, and the same with, with, uh, with Iris's design, because in the, in the first one, the only thing that threw me off about the first camera was that at the end, the, the main Gaios that Gamera is fighting, it's, the fight scene is in broad daylight, and it, the Gaios suit is clearly made where the neck is huge so that the, the suit actor's face mm -hmm. is behind it. Mm -hmm. And the head will flop around because it's, it's a separate piece on top of the guy's head. Mm. Um, in this one, with the Iris suit, they give it posture such that you don't you don't even notice that it's yeah. like a big muscular nerve ending looking mm -hmm. structure you know so from one film to another they improve at this mm. uh, and legion probably counts too because legion was a like a big puppet so um so they uh yeah i, I, I here this part of the summary has the mm. yeah so the jsdf go into the woods to try and fight this but it's hopeless yeah the shoot at it doesn't do anything. It wipes them out. Yeah, and it uh, it seemingly jams their communications too. Yeah. Um, but uh, Iris easily disposes of them and then takes flight. Mm -hmm. And ornithologists and inspector <clears throat> team up to head out to this village. Yeah. To research what may be going on, they stumble upon the cave. They take some samples to send back to the lab mm -hmm. of the goo chrysalis, and outside they see boy spying. Yes. And you know, ornithologist runs after him. Um, and the thing with, uh, I mean, I guess we can just talk about this now. The mm. thing with, um, these samples is that, uh, uh, the ornithologist takes, uh, an egg shell sample and then a goo sample. <laughs> and when the DNA report comes back, it says that the egg is similar to the DNA of Gaios, but the goo is, is a foreign substance. Mm. So, could we... We know that uh, Iris likes to fuse with other creatures to do bad things. Mm -hmm. Maybe it fused with a Gaios in the distant past, and it bears, like, that's why it says that it killed it's my nice. family. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Iris was, like, an alien creature mm -hmm. at some point that fused with Gaios, and, mm -hmm. and Gaios remains the true counterpart to Gamera, but mm -hmm. this is just, like, a mutated... Something, but we don't. We never get yeah. confirmation of that. It's just that it's there's something about this that maybe it could be a Gaios that evolved to suit this purpose, or it's like a parasitic creature that just does this to other living yeah. creatures. Well, um, the boy tells these two about Ayana mm -hmm. sleeping in the hospital. They visit. They see the Magantama around her neck. Mm -hmm. and, you know, the ornithologist is. Hmm, I've seen this somewhere before. <laughs> yeah. And then that's that's where uh, uh, like Asagi comes into the plot. Yeah. And I, I at one point when she first reunites with them, she uh, I I Ayagi, I'm sorry Asagi mm -hmm. was explains that she had been traveling abroad to study mana, mm -hmm. and she's like I I think that you know like I can't communicate with Gamera anymore, but he's definitely powered by mana. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, the world's mana seems to um, kind of uh, convalesce at Japan. Mm -hmm. um, and they, you know, she even says that it looks like on this map that Japan eats mana and it like, it, so it's just like some kind of nexus point. Mm. Um but again, uh, Asagi is worried that Gamera's connection with humanity 
is permanently gone and that he's just he's he's going off the books yes. he's 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 not their friend anymore mm-hmm. the cult somehow has permission to move her to kyoto though because uh <laughs> cult leader lady is in with the government yeah she's like their the the one monster bureaucrat guy says that she's the government's fortune teller uh. so presumably she's like she's just kept on as like an advisor mm-hmm. but she can call the shots for her cult um, so the, the cult people take, uh, Ayana to a, a separate, like, yeah, weird underground bunker, bunker shrine, yeah. cult area, um, where, uh, you know, uh, what's, Mido keeps attempting to, like, channel energy into this thing, and we see from her, uh, where, where Mido again reiterates that in her point of view, Gamera is an evil spirit, mm-hmm. and, like, I pray to you, uh, she, she calls Gaios by, like, a number of other names, and conflates it with Iris, and it's like, okay, you're going to help us purge mm-hmm. Gamera, and then, the, like, this world can be reset. Yes. Um... So, uh, while they're doing that, uh, you know, the ornithologist... <clears throat> Uh, and Asagi kind of, uh, you know, they 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 get it, the information out of the the attending doctor because like you just you just let yeah. some government weirdos come in and yeah. take her He's like, like yeah, I guess yeah. But he relents yeah. and tells them that okay, they're in Kyoto, mm-hmm. and they arrive at this Kyoto station complex. And wouldn't you know, there's a typhoon on the way towards Kyoto too. There is yeah. a, a, a hurricane. Just another problem on top of a problem <laughs> is approaching, um, probably to obscure the effects, yeah. as we as we've said yeah. before. <laughs> Um, so the, the hurricane is approaching, uh, Iris is also in flight heading to, towards Kyoto, mm-hmm. where it is intercepted by two jets, but it, uh, before it can eliminate them, uh, Gamera appears and duels with Iris in midair. Mm-hmm. And though the CGI can be wonky in certain parts, I like the general vibe of this scene, because mm-hmm. there's, like, these, these shots of these massive thunderheads... And these monsters that are kind of dwarfed by the clouds, you know, falling in and out of them. Uh, it, it's got yeah, some well, good no, shots. It's, it's good enough that, like, it's it fits the setting and it's blurry enough that it doesn't look bad. Yeah. And and there's also, yeah. there's also like, a shot of Iris kind of rising against the moon and then descending back yeah. into the, the storm that I like. Mm-hmm. I think that's used as, like, the advertising point for yeah. this movie a lot. I think Boy and Cop are also trying to get to Kyoto, too. Yeah. Because um, Boy, like, find, is, like, staring at his dagger going, gee, I wish I could help. Yeah, I, like, I want to save her. Yeah. And the, the, the cop brings him some snacks and he's like, what do you want, kid? He's like, I want to save her. He's like, yeah, say it louder. He's like, I want to save Turkish her. Turkish bathhouse, kid? <laughs> yeah, no you ever spent the night in a turkish prison that was um but uh he yeah so they're they're also heading separately to kyoto uh but they're quickly forestalled by yeah. the weather and the monsters mm. um but uh they're you know the the fight uh, goes to the ground in mm. Kyoto because well, the Iris... military like changes their mind too. It's like yes, they're firing. They said we have to fire on one of them. Choose Gamera, and I told yeah. Dan, well, I don't know if I would trust the Eldritch Abomination over the Turtle. Exactly, because <laughs> one looks more familiar than the other. They were against the Turtle in that moment, mm. so they they yeah. shoot Gamera down, and they don't even worry about the other one. They're like, let that one do what it wants. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, uh, so Iris makes landfall in in Kyoto as the storm is hitting. Um, because it wants to fuse with with uh, with 
uh, Ayana. Um, and previously, uh, the ornithologist and Asagi had managed to coax um, the cult folks and, uh, you know, Ayana out of that bunker because they're like, we need to get her to a hospital because mm -hmm. this thing tried to absorb her nervous system. And we have to assume that it, it's, like, in, like absorbed other creatures before. Yeah. It can change its chromosomes at will. We can't let it fuse with her completely mm -hmm. because we don't know what'll happen if it does that. She's huffing and puffing like me after those drinks yesterday. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's coming, Dan. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, Kojima is, is musing that, like, okay, this must be, uh, perhaps, like, the standard fever wasn't enough to eliminate the illness of humanity, so Agaios evolved into something greater than that to, to deal a decisive blow, mm -hmm. uh, against humans, um, and against Gamera. Um, but Gamera arrives in his partial flight form, yes. he's got big flippers and the yeah. jets in the back. Uh, but he lands uh, between Iris and the main characters to kind of to fight. Mm. Um, the uh, we get like a pretty cool little action scene where Gamera attempts to fire some fireballs, mm. but Iris whips them away with its its tendrils. Mm -hmm. um, you know they kind of the two of them start grappling. Um, you know, uh, Asagi and Nagamine are trying to break Ayana's bond with Iris, yeah. telling her to snap out of it, mm -hmm. but she is egging it on. Yeah. She's like, kill Gamera, yeah. like, do whatever do it, you have to. Do it. Um, so, uh... Also, for all the death and destruction going on in Kyoto, people are just walking around, not as scared as yeah. they should be. Well, like, the people in Shibuya were just, like... Yeah. They were still eating dinner, dinner. when it was happening. Um... <laughs> But uh, that does not work. So uh, Asakura, a main cult lady, takes Ayana's bead, and she decides that like this is her time to shine. She's going yeah. to take control. I'll of be Iris. the host because that always works out well in these movies and predicaments. But this only, if anything, this throws Iris off for a second because <laughs> it it had managed to impale Gamera, mm -hmm. but then they have this tussle that causes Gamera and Iris to go plunging into the station. And uh, cult leader lady is killed in that. Yeah. Um, Nagamine is briefly pinned under a piece of debris. Not, it, it's just like a little tiny piece. Yeah, she's yeah. fine. Yeah. And Kojima is also killed when yeah. the scaffolding comes down on him. By his madness. And he's fine with it. He's yeah. like, oh, this is... Uh, Chaos, just what I wanted. Yeah. Okay, bye. Um, <laughs> so never touch a Dreamcast again. Yeah. Uh, Iris, um, once again attempts to fuse with Ayana, mm -hmm. uh, but Moribe steps in, uh, oh throwing his ancient dagger. <laughs> this is where I was took out of the movie, Dan. He looks at his knife and he goes, do something, and then chucks the knife. It makes the metallic clink off of that. But it does do something. Well, no, it hits Ayana, who comes out of her trance. Yeah, it, like, grazes Ayana's yeah. cheek. Wow, and okay. she, she snaps out of it yeah. briefly. Um, you know, but, uh... Ayana's brought out of her stupor, and in realizing the situation, uh, Ayana is helpless as Iris knocks, <laughs> just knocks him, I was like, oh, him out of the dead. way. But he hasn't. He lives. Um, and then Iris absorbs Ayana into her chest. Kingdom Hearts! <laughs> yeah. Another reason why it was good. She's just like, just like Pinocchio in that one part. <laughs> oh, just you wait. <laughs> uh, Iris then forces uh, Ayana to relive her, you know, her traumatic yeah. memories. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but it also kind of makes her realize that it was an accident. Like, Gamera was, you know, 
advancing into a building while Gaios was on the other side she of it. She notices that Gamera has the I Love Human t-shirt on. He does? <laughs> She's like, oh, it's all making sense now. He uh, trips into the building. Whoops, I'm sorry. Oops. <laughs> Save Martha. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. Um, but, uh... Yeah, so, but then, and then Iris shows Ayana, like, the memories of him killing the villagers, mm-hmm. and, you know, Ayana has this, like... Re- you know, did I do that? <laughs> Was that me? Was to, that us? To quote Urkel, yeah, did, did I, I do, do that? that? <laughs> um, and then she's like, okay, was that you acting on my benefit, or did you do that because of me? Um, but, uh, you know, Ayana's spiraling and losing all yes. hope. Um, she's literally spiraling. She's in the realm of darkness. <laughs> yes. In the, in the big, uh, the big goo, goo yeah. of, of, of evil. Yeah. Which is part like Kingdom Hearts opening when she's underwater. It's going like, <laughs> yeah. like this yeah. simple and clean opening is happening. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but she is saved by none other than Gamera who punches a <laughs> hole into Iris's chest and grabs on to like the part where she's yeah. absorbed into. Did he like rip off his own arm? What happened? That's I was confu- next. Okay, I was like, I was confused for a while what happened. Because Iris is pissed about this yeah. and then impales Gamera with one of his tentacles. So he's got uh, like Gamera held down, like pinned through the yeah. the stigma of her yes. hand. Just like S- symbolism. Yeah. Uh, and uh, who-, who else fought a big <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. uh, it-, it was. Um, yeah, so Gamera is pinned down, and... Drain, I thought he was draining mana, but here it just says draining his fluids. Well, <laughs> Suck yeah. Suck him dry. But it, but it was mana. It yeah. was like he was... Uh, Iris is... the green energy. Is, ...is draining the mana out of Gamera. Well, Gamera bleeds, what did I say? Mint, mint. Uh, creme de mint. Creme de mint. <laughs> and uh, so Gamera seems to notice how this flow of energy is going. <laughs> it's like, that's not good. Well, it's like, it reminded me of Piccolo and Cell, yeah. like, like when Piccolo's yeah. getting his arm absorbed and it's all dry yeah. and stuff, because he's getting all dried out. Um, but Iris begins charging its own fireballs to hit Gamera at, at point-blank range. Uh, but realizing what he has to do, Gamera blasts off his own <laughs> arm and then does a shining finger move. Yeah, absorbs the thing that saved the kid earlier in the movie. Yeah. Sort of. And, uh, like, uppercuts Iris and destroys him. Yeah, and Ornithologist is like, I told y'all. <laughs> yeah. Well, Asagi is yeah. like, I knew Gamera would find a way to do that. Um, but, uh, Iris is killed, and uh, it only becomes relevant in a few minutes, but there is a giant shockwave sent out mm-hmm. when Iris is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, you know, uh, Ayana is is pulled out of Iris. Gamera like puts the pod on the ground so that the others wrapped can... her in some old wet turkey. Yeah, like shrimp <laughs> yeah, coating. <laughs> and uh, you know, the others work to revive her, seemingly unsuccessfully. Yeah. But Gamera kind of roars. Maybe <laughs> maybe wake up. Channels some some mana into her and uh, it gives a knowing look. Yeah, Ayana wakes up. Yeah. And, uh, Shrine Boy is also fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, Ayana's like, why did Gamera choose to save me? Mm-hmm. And Gamera responds with, like, a, ro- but nobody translates it, so it's like, he just gives, like, a, it might be like, I did what I had to do, so. Yeah, he gave a dugong, dugong! <laughs> yeah, he, uh, but his attention will have to be turned elsewhere, um, His because... work's never done. No. 
the, the JSDF has received a report that thousands of Gaios are converging on Japan. How many? Lots. Lots. <laughs> As the formal military <laughs> commander says. Um, the, the JDF, you know, they then make the, the decision to stop fighting Gamera and focus yeah, on the Gaios. I feel like at this, this bureaucratic, bureaucratic company, whatever they're listed at, a lot of work doesn't happen there. Um, they make a lot of split decisions. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Then dust off his Gamera merch, puts it back on the shelves. Yeah. Gamera is, is uncancelled yeah. and he, uh, yeah, so, but, uh, you know. The, the the main characters are kind of huddled together. They're kind of like you know I I you know Asagi especially is like I knew Gamera would pull through somehow, like you know. But they're not out of the woods yet because all of these Gaios are converging on Kyoto where the blast just went out of, and uh, Gamera now missing an arm and already exhausted, stumbles out into the burning wreckage of the city, ready to confront the Gaios horde. And then the film ends. Yeah, I didn't. Ex- I wanted. I thought there was gonna be more. Does it, his hand grow back? Well, uh, the uh, the title card at the end yeah. says Gamera 1999, the absolute guardian of the universe, mm-hmm. and uh, the director, according to his uh, his state, uh, what what he said in interviews later on, Gamera does win. Okay. <laughs> um, but he wanted the audience to believe it. He wanted the audience to have faith that Gamera would do would it. Would win. Yeah, that was it. Like, he's like, I'm not going to show you the outcome of this battle. Gamera's up against huge odds. You kids in the audience need to have faith in him. Uh, very that, classic. Peter Pan clapping. Clap if you believe in Gamera. At the moment. <laughs> yeah, that, that he will pull through. That's the faith that you have to have in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the absolute guardian of the universe thing is, like, Gamera might be the last of his kind, but he's, like, the pinnacle of it. Mm. And he could just save us. Yeah. Uh, I bet you wish that would happen, don't you? <laughs> you don't, believe, uh, don't you? <laughs> yeah, but I'd be yeah. up in the theater clapping your head off. I yeah, like go yeah yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta gotta start singing if you I want. Say boo hiss. But yeah, it ends. <laughs> yeah, and that that brings a close to uh, Gamera Three: Revenge of Iris mm. uh, and the Hisei trilogy of Gamera films. Um, again, they were like. At for their time, darker and more abstract than other kaiju films. Again, the Hisei Godzilla ones did, so when we get to those eventually, uh, you know, we can kind of compare and contrast that approach. Um, but from a technical standpoint, I was excited to show this one off, because I, I think that uh, with this being right at the turn of the millennium right there, it was, it was interesting to see where the technology was at. Mm. Uh, but did you enjoy it? I did enjoy yeah. it. As I said, it I, it felt more modern than I was expecting it to, but that didn't age. I mean, it's corny at parts, but it's a of kaiju course. film. Yeah. Like, what are we to expect? I didn't have trouble following the plot. I liked the kaiju designs, mm-hmm. especially Iris. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a, a generally good movie. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. It was fine. Has a lot of characters run back and forth. Yeah. And since they're mostly recurring characters, the audience can actually care about them. Yeah, so it had moments I laughed, moments I cried, moments <laughs> I was against Gamera, and then other moments that I was for him. <laughs> um, and there was a little turtle on that desk. Yes, there was. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, mm. that that concludes my contribution to this uh, year's animaster piece. Mm. Uh, again, I have lots of other ideas for future installments, but I wanted to give the turtle 
some time to shine uh, in a world that it's largely forgotten him. So. <laughs> you call me shell-shocked, Dan. They forgot Gamera's sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. now we'll remember on Easter Day. Yeah. <laughs> something else will come to mind. Yes. <laughs> Maybe you'll stop and think. <laughs> <laughs> what did Gamera do for you? <laughs> but yeah, mm. um, is there anywhere our audience can reach us? Reach us? Well, you can reach me, Jonathan Wykowski, at Losing My Mind JK, on Instagram and the TikTok. And you can follow me on Twitter with Drink and Read JK. And two of my other podcasts, uh, of course, listen to this, rate, review, and subscribe as always. But my other podcasts include Drink and Read, where I take a look at classic literature in a solo podcast. And Nightcaps of the Theater, where we look at kind of close movies to this, actually, Mm -hmm. while we get a little drizzy drunk. So Mm -hmm. maybe if you're interested in this, check that out. And what say you, Dan? Where could they find you? Uh, They can follow me on Instagram at King underscore Danis. Pokemon art galore. Oh, yeah, a lot more coming too. Yeah. Uh, and our anime was not a mistake. Uh, Facebook and Instagram pages, mm. uh, you know. Yeah. And with that, uh, our animaster piece comes to a close next week. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there would be any film to get Dan hotter than Gamera today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a real turn on for Dan when he sees giant kaiju fight one another. Yes. So why not continue the trend and show what has been called? Oh, you pro- wouldn't. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I'm going there. Why not continue to tr- the trend and show what has been proclaimed as the sexiest movie of all time oh. by many? <laughs> uh, in the last interpretation of this year's anime was not a mistake. We're going to draw upon one of my favorite films, one of the most beautiful films, steamy, seductive, wonderful, Wong Kar Wise, In the Mood for Love. A classic film. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. A completely different thing. <laughs> yeah, I, how does how do turtles relate to this? <laughs> there'll be no kaiju, there'll be no turtles, but there'll be steamy seduction, bring the moisture. <laughs> You'll be sucked dry by the end of it. <laughs> I'm just gonna go play some Dreamcast. Uh, I figured you would. I'll smoke a cigarette in the corner. It's a win-win. <laughs> That's no good. <laughs> Here at Anime Was Not a Mistake, we have one mission. Whether you be a magical girl, a giant fighting robot, a raccoon, or just a fan of podcasts in general, we hope to one day arrive at a definitive answer to the following question. Is anime a mistake? While we obviously don't think so, there's no harm in expanding our weave horizons now, is there? As of late, our humble little show is devoted to the analysis and discussion of movies, series, and episodes that show off that powerful art that is animation. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast or on Facebook at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod. We promise to go happies on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to be continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara. Mucho, mucho, mucho Tanto como entonces Siempre hasta morir